Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's Word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on the porch, visit theporch.live. Thank you for joining. What is up, guys? We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch. Join with Mrs. Laura Eldridge. Hey, y'all. And Mr. John David the Grinch Rogers. <laughs> What's up? I'll be more positive this podcast. He's a mean one. Positive vibes only. Positive <laughs> vibes only. Mm-hmm. Guys, Christmas is coming. I'm so excited. I don't care what you think, JD. Yippee. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man. What are we talking about? We are talking about, you know, not for everyone, not everything's so good about the holidays because the holidays can trigger a lot of memories. And for whatever reason, what's the most wonderful time of the year is simultaneously the hardest time of the year when it comes to our spiritual walks. Mm. Because you get out of your routine, you go back home. I don't know about y'all, but when I pull back into a hometown, I start to become like the person I was in my hometown. I think it's true. It like takes over me. I think it's a spiritual, like something warfare there. Yeah. It's weird. You know, Jesus... He didn't become like they, but they were like, basically like, who are you? A prophet is not without honor in his own hometown. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And I, I think that it's a reality for a lot of people that when they go back home for the holidays, they start to find themselves in traps that they may not recognize and before they know it, it's too late and they have made some mistakes they're not proud of. They've fallen back into pornography or... Um, maybe they hook up with someone like that ex, you know, that yep. she, you've been working in Dallas. They've been working in that old girl. Uh, Denver and you're both home in your small town for the holidays. Mm. They've and you're grown. Like, you go they're, up to they're a, stronger than they used to be. Yep. You get put in a group me. All right. And you just went through a breakup uh-huh. back in Dallas. Yes. You get put in a group me and it's like, hey guys, all who's in town, we're going to be at the local bar tonight. And you go out and you're like, I don't remember you looking that good. Mm. Wow. I don't, I don't remember you mm. wearing outfits like that. So, no. You know, I'm getting like, triggered. Man, Denver's changed you. Wow. And suddenly <laughs> so they're, they're, more, they're more funny. That's true. And, they have a beard now. Yep. And yeah. we have called, we're going to call these moments for this podcast Holiday Thirst Traps. Boom. They are the traps set up to entice you and bring you in. And though you said, I will not hit up my ex, or I will not reply to that Snapchat, or I will not text him back or her back, you know, I will not be alone in a room, you start to get, you know, settling. You start to get comfortable. You walk back in your old room that you grew up in, those old memories. Find Next a photo thing album. you know, you're back in your old self and your old ways. And then that's, it's weird because then I feel like we know that New Year's is coming right around the corner. Yep. And we see the end of the year as an opportunity to like let off the gas. Yeah. And we're like, and then I'll kick it back up at the new year. Yes. And this is a very thorough setup you're giving here. It is. Because clearly this is like a, yeah, this is a thing for you. <laughs> this is something I've walked through. And, but the, we know that, that the mindset, and David, I'll let you speak to this, of a Christian, that should never be the case. Yeah. Ending years, finishing things. Yeah. It's never, there's never a time as a Christian that we should be okay with knowingly compromising. Yeah. So speak to all of that magnificent setup. That was a great setup. Thank you. I think to succinctly say what you're saying is how do we fight temptations when we go back home for the holidays? Yeah. 
Is that how do we not fall into these thirst traps? Yes. How do we not fall into, or how do we fight temptations whenever we go home for the holiday? How do we fight these ho ho hoes? Oh wow! (laughs) He's not talking about anyone in particular, but I think that's real, man. I think when you go back home, you're you're sleeping in your old, or a lot of times, you're sleeping in the room where you looked at pornography more than any other location on earth. You're driving down roads where you used to drive down and make out with a girl at a nearby or local place or a bar, the first place that you were exposed to alcohol. And how do you fight all those temptations? I think first it starts with talking about temptation in general. What is the birthplace of temptation? Okay, James. A desire. Oh, oh. Yeah, James, James <laughs> oh, won. Oh, oh, Talk to me, yeah, James. Yeah, what is it? What is I, it? I've done a James series before. I don't Let's know. go. Come on. Um, it comes with desire. Desire gives birth to sin. Yep. Sin, sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Yeah, I mean, I think it starts with understanding, hey, temptation, there's something broken inside of every person that's called a sin nature, which means sin comes naturally. And you, in order to fight something, you have to be able to acknowledge that it's there. So knowing is part of the battle. In other words, you can't fight what you haven't faced by saying like, oh, I'm going to be confronted with all these different temptations that come not from Satan or not from even outside of me. External circumstances can lead to that temptation, but temptation is something that ultimately comes from within a person. And then sin is the birthplace of death to bring about what you just brought up. So I think knowing, hey, I am going to be faced with all types of temptations and running and rehearsing through those in your mind and having a plan and a strategy, just like anything. If, if you're trying to stay on a diet, which is not temptation and not sin, but if I'm trying to stay on a diet and I know tonight we're going to a Christmas party with uh, some volunteers and I'm trying to cut out sugar. Aren't you cutting out sugar? I am. So you know, I'm getting married. If you knew tonight your favorite, what's your favorite holiday snack, Christmas treat? I mean, it's not really a holiday snack at all times. Always. Mm. The elite dessert will be chocolate chip cookies. Wow. You're Always. Classic. I love that. Do you remember when JD posted on his Insta, like, really want some donuts? And then all of a sudden, these donut deliveries started showing up. <laughs> yes. Man. Okay. Talk about hey, thirst trap. Hey, girls, thank you for that. <laughs> I got a thirst trap. <laughs> so, knowing, hey, I'm going to go to this thing tonight. There's going to be chocolate chip cookies there. Again, it's not a sin. We're using it as an illustration. And when that comes, I'm just going to play through that in my head and play through my mind and have a game plan of what I'm going to do. I'm going to step out of the room. I'm going to do that. I think the same thing is true. When I go home, I'm going to be texted by that old friend, you know, Kyle, who's going to ask about going to hang out later at night. And so I'm going to rehearse my plan and then I'm going to bring others into it. So when I get asked to do that, no, I'm, I'm committing to myself that I'm not going to go to that bar. I'm not going to go hang out with that girl. I'm not going to even keep her number anymore. So I'm going to delete it and I'm going to have others in my life hold me accountable. Hopefully you have a small group of people or Christians in your life today where you live currently that can hold you accountable before you go home. But I think it's, it's a really, it's not as complicated as we make it and that you just simply walk through, hey, here's the plan of attack for me. I'm not going to respond to that. I'm going to be tempted most of the temptations that you face on a daily basis and on an annual basis at Christmas, you're smart enough to right now go through and calculate what those are. I know the temptations I'm going to face every single day, and I can begin to rehearse and go through, here's what I'm going to do when I'm faced with that temptation. And it could be as simple as, I'm not going to be able to get along with family. So I know when I feel like, gosh, these people are crazy again, I'm going to be tempted to be short, go back to my 14-year-old self and pick a fight with my brother, whatever the scenario is. Here's the truth I'm going to cling to, and here's the lifelines of people in my life that I'm going to reach out to, and here's the plan that I'm going to operate on. I think that's the problem, though, because what you're saying is a little bit mature, and I think we tend to be pretty reactionary, and and then it's like, 
oh man, I can't believe I got drunk again. And it's like, well, why? Well, because I was at the bar and everyone was drinking, giving shots. Like, and it's like, you didn't, I think we don't take the forethought to stop and say, how am I going to be tempted? Yeah. What is it going to cause me? Now let me think about and proactively remember that I'm fighting a war that's worth it. We're not thinking like that. Yeah. I think that's true. And I think if, if you're not planning out, um, it's that you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And so I think you got to think through. And if you don't have a support system around you right now, man, you're walking into a battle zone where you are going to fall. Yeah. So what? how far is too far in planning where it turns into legalism? So like, you know, let's say your friends are all hanging out at a bar. Great appetizers though. And like, yeah, Great. I can I can do it. Like I can go and like not give in. <laughs> yeah. Like, should I be like, oh, I'm going to stay home and with my grandma who's asleep yeah. on the rocking chair yeah. and like be lonely rather than go do that because I might yeah. drink a couple and get a little tipsy. Yeah, I think there's a personal legalism that's really honestly righteous and holy. Like not a legalism that you project on other people that you have to, everyone has to stay home with grandma. But for me, just know where I'm at. These people are going to much more easily pull me down than I'm going to pull them up. And so I'm just going to cut them out. This Christmas will not be one where I hang out with, with Gabe and Kevin and everybody at Gabe. You know, O'Reilly. <laughs> Gabe. Gabe. Watch Gabe. out for Gabe. You know who you are, Gabe. <laughs> and <laughs> why is that funny? I don't know, but every girl is like, oh, Gabe. Oh, man. I don't know, but hold on. There is a Gabe who worked at DeLuca's who's now a member here who came up to me. He was like, are you Laura from Views in the Porch? But he, he's actually Gabe and he's probably listening right now. So Gabe, we're Gabe. not talking about you. Old good guy, Gabe. But I think I think there is a personal legalism that knowing, hey, um, I am not going to let myself take those, or I'm not going to go hang out at the bar, and that's okay. And I'm going to miss out. And yeah, you're going to miss out, but you also are not going to fall into uh, old traps and old habits and old sin. Yeah, this happened when I was personally like making strides away from sin in my faith, where it's like at different seasons, I was able to like go, I was like, okay, I'm going to go out, but I'm not going to drink. Yeah. But I was still like hanging out with those people. Or I was like, I'm going to go out, but I'm going to have one. And then there was a point where it's like, hey, I truly like y'all all giving me dating advice that's not good. And I'm not strong enough to not listen to it. And things like that, where I had to be like, I'm going to kind of remove myself from that situation, which again, I think takes a lot of thought and, and, uh, preparation. You know what I mean? You got yeah. sensitivity to the spirit and opening up yourself to counsel, like you said earlier, to people around you. Yeah. So I think uh, I think there is a personal legalism that's really healthy. And honestly, that a lot of you guys listening should, should put in place in your life. Like you have a faith that's growing. And the worst thing you can do right now is begin to quench that growing faith by putting old habits and making decisions that are part of my old life. Because when you go home, it feels like it doesn't count. And that's a lie. All that's temptation true. is birthed off a lie from Satan. Um, where you take something and twist it. And the reality is it always counts that there's no decision that you're going to make that's not going to impact you today and your future you and your future relationships. And it's not putting deposits into who you want to be and who you're becoming. And so many of you need to make the decision right now. I'm not going to the bar. I'm not going to uh, go spend time one-on-one with an old flame that doesn't have the same values because you're at a place where you believe in Jesus now and that person never did. They claim to be a Christian, but they were never really a Christian and they're gonna call you and reach out to you and you need to make sure that, man, this is a priority. If he wants to hang out, we can hang out in a group at the mall at noon on a Thursday. Yeah, for my fellas, uh, Jesus is the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter five, talking about lust. He says, if your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. And he's just saying, cut off the things that 
uh, will lead to temptation and lead you to sin. And he's and it's, he goes as serious to say like it's better for you to live with one eye um, than with two, but to have one eye in heaven. And same for women. And but specifically, we're talking about going to the bar, like all these social like hookups and all that. But like I think it even comes down to like I know for a season. I didn't sleep in my room. I slept on the couch because I'm like, man, I don't want to go home, leave my community and be in my room alone with electronic devices. It's just going, what, what will you do? Um, and, and I think so many people, the reason why this is contradicting is because they think that Christianity is me and God. Yeah. Um, not me for God. And it's what I get to do. And then God blesses me. And it's just this like, fun relationship like every other one and we just see over and over again that Christianity is a cost and it's dying to yourself to live and exalt Christ and that looks like sometimes doing things that are honestly really annoying yeah um like I could go through a list of things I'm sure you could too like y'all think of like what me and the guys around me have done to fight to put things into place knowing those desires you can't stop the thought yeah I think that's what's tough too is Sometimes I think people think that they're bad because those thoughts are there. Yeah. And that begins the cycle of why they give in because they're like already feeding guilt and shame for having those thoughts. And then they're like, oh, I'm such a bad person. And, and they're thinking about themselves and they're like, oh, you know how I can make myself feel better? I could go look at this or go do that. And you're not bad for having those thoughts. And I think you could even say like in marriage with kids, the thoughts still. Yeah, 100%. And so... Because of that, it's not about, oh, I need to get rid of the thoughts. You can't really do that. It's, I need to be always in a position that when they come, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm proactively ready. So here's a hot take. Ready? I don't think anybody listening should go on a date with somebody that they dated in high school. Boom. There, I said it. Here's why. You're going to go back. There's going to be so many butterflies that float from 16-year-old you, and you're going to be evaluating that person based on 16-year-old emotions. Jeremiah 17 says, the heart is deceitful above all things. It's going to make you go back and think, oh man, she's kind of the one that got away. We always had that thing. I still feel that those butterflies that I had when I was driving that old truck and she would get in and we went to that one dance together. And all of that is lying to you. If you haven't thought about her since the last time you've seen her, then you can think about her when you're not going home for Christmas holiday and Christmas break and reach out to her and make sure that she's devoted to the Lord. Or same thing with that guy that, you know, he is kind of a work in progress. He's a fixer-upper, if you will, when it comes to his face, but <laughs> you're there for him and you still love him and care about him. If you haven't thought about him three in the last three months, then you shouldn't be spending time with him over the next three weeks. Boom! There, but What I if said they it. changed? What if they went away and they you come back and you have that conversation like, yeah, I gave my whole life to Christ. Yeah. And I, I received... Like, I'm a completely different person. Then maybe you set up a phone call and you talk to him whenever you're back. So you're just saying in that moment, that emotion, memory-filled moment, don't let it be the a good... The feels come back. I yeah. think I'm saying all of those butterflies yeah, it's are true. butter lies. Boom. <laughs> okay. Let's do this. Let's go around and say you might be you might be caught in a holiday thirst trap if blank. Okay. I'll start. Okay. You might be caught in a holiday <laughs> thirst trap if... You are thinking about just one makeout with someone from your past over the holiday break. Oh, it's just a makeout. It's just a makeout. It's nothing crazy, but like we used to do that in high school. Yep. Next. Laura, do you got one? I feel like mine have all literally been exposed. 
Yeah, I've been I've been trying to talk <laughs> to Laura. Like, I've done all of this. I've been like, yeah. shoot, like, like, how did I break out of these traps? <laughs> I think I think you might be in a thirst trap if you think she's the one. You go back and it's the old girl that you dated, and it, if for whatever reason you like lower the bar and you're like, we have so much history, and you give them way too much like um, rope and leash on like you know maybe they could be together and we have that hometown high school sweetheart story and that would be great. I just think all those are lies. And, um, and I think you might be in a thirst trap if you're considering dating somebody who is not radically devoted to Jesus. If they are radically, then wait until after Christmas break. There, I said it. All right, here's mine. It's going to be a little bit different of a vibe because I, the guys was always my, that was my thing. Mm. Drexel from high school. That was, that was my, uh, what's it called? Kryptonite? Kryptonite. So I'll just go a different direction. You might be in a holiday thirst trap if you're tempted to hide your faith. If you are... Mm-hmm worried about what your old people are going to think of you now that you have this new life mm-hmm. in Jesus. They're going to think you're weird. If you're going to bow down to your family making fun of your faith. It's really good. Then I think that's a real thing. Yeah. yeah. That's I, really good. I thought about that. I thought about like you might be in a thirst trap if um, the things that you like pledged with your your guys or girls in your community group back in your your city, um, you get in, you get put in the situation to compromise those things and your and your thought is, well, they don't have to know, and these guys have no idea yeah. that I've like had this whole change in my life. Mm. It's good. Um, it, anyways, I, so I agree with that one fully. Have a plan, and don't go on a date with that old guy. Okay, <laughs> you're really you're really trying to at me. Listen, I'm married and happy. <laughs> She's got a baby. But I, have, <laughs> I have a baby on the way. Yeah, but I, like, really, I was so that girl. Especially you, Laura. I just was that girl. It was so me. It was like, you know, all the college guys. And then I go back and it's like, oh, but what about? Yeah. Anyways. Okay. I do have a question for you guys, though. What do you do when, like, when people, what do you do when it's like people where you are get you? You know, you're surrounded somewhat by community, maybe. You've changed a lot, and then you go back, and then people kind of, like, don't anymore. Or they do start treating you like you're the same 10-year-old whatever you used to be like. Um, So what do you do when it comes to an issue of faith there? What do you mean? So, like, um, how can you help somebody approach conversations when it's like their family either makes fun of their faith? Or I I think there are two extremes that happen. Maybe this could be more clear. I think one thing that happens is that people can like, without understanding, like what actually has happened in your life. They're like, Oh, now, Oh, I forgot. Now you're a Jesus dude. Or, yeah. You know? Yeah. So how do you respond to that? I think you own it. You embrace it. And I think that's going to happen and you're in good company. Jesus says when they um, malign you for my name, rejoice and count it as a blessing. And so I, I think you're, uh, you're probably well suited to expect that. I wouldn't be weird and I wouldn't be a, you know, a jerk and I wouldn't be uh, self-righteous in a way that is, is not Christ-like, but I would expect it and I would own it and be like, yeah. And, and I try to be natural and normal and just say, yeah, God is working. Like he's made this huge thing in my life. You're going to go back home and there's guys that, in every hometown, there's people who never left. Oh, always. And they, they never left, not just physically. I mean, they never grew out of being high school Harvey. Or they never grew out of being, you know, cheerleader cherry. And they what? still, everyone has cheerleader cherry. You know what I'm talking about. Becca's over there laughing. <laughs> everyone, uh, so I, I, man, I think that's okay. I would expect that somebody who doesn't know Jesus is going to make fun of somebody who does know Jesus. And in the end, you win. 
And then when you start feeling the pressure to not mess up because you are the only picture of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that is, you are... Um, Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that you have to act in a certain way. I think that most, honestly, one of the more encouraging things we can do is not shine through our, our how awesome we are, but through how broken that we are. That's good. And that's why Jesus is working in our life and why we need him and what he's doing in our life. Ask for forgiveness. I still want to go back to the dating thing. Somebody listening right now is not going to listen to me I'm telling you that. Mm. But what somebody else, is. What else do you want to tell him? I think that's it. Man. Yeah, I think what I want to end with is we're talking about uh, traps, but the beauty of Jesus is you don't have to stay trapped and you there is a way out and there is a way to, one, resist and not not fall into them. Because of Jesus and the strength of the Holy Spirit in you, you don't have to give in. Like you, you actually have the power inside of you to resist and say no. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Not maybe, not if you resist, he will flee from you. And so you have that power given by way of the Holy Spirit in you if you are a Christian. But also if you do fall, uh, if you do find yourself trapped, or maybe you're still trapped from last holiday's breaks decisions, uh, like Laura, I mean, you just pointed to it without even saying it. You said it without saying it. Man, now you're married. You're about to have a baby, but this was you. And it's because Jesus changed your life. And there's nothing that the decisions you make, uh, will make or have made, you don't have to stay in this continual cycle that brings nothing but guilt and shame come New Year's Eve. Um but the, but you can be forgiven and you can change. And I think the last thing um, I will say is to that point up top, I said about the reason why your mind plays tricks on you is because it's the end of the year. You're not at work. You're not at church. You're back home with people who maybe aren't living like the people back in your city. And then you think you're going to think, and I'll get it right at the new year. Don't give in to that. It's good. Like, my prayer for all of us is that we sprint into the new year, into 2022, that we're not walking in, licking our wounds and limping into the year because of, this, of how we chose to end. And Satan's number one job right now is to get you off track so you cannot sprint into all God has for you in the new year. And he wants to take everything you've done, all the work you've put in, to walk with the Lord this fall and in this year, he wants to take all of that and make you believe that it was for nothing by getting you to fall and get trapped back into your sin this break. And so don't do it. Um, and and walk walk rightly and walk in the light with the Lord this holiday season. Let's go. Yeah, it's really good. It's really important. I wrote a whole devo on that because I feel I, there's nothing, there's nothing that talks about this, mm-hmm. like being home for the holidays and all the things that happen. So it's you good. can find that. I love it. That's it. Yep. Um, All right. Well, we will see you next week on another episode of Views from the Porch. We want to thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about The Porch Ministry, visit us at theporch.live or follow us on social media at The Porch.